God has it all under control. God has it all under control. Would you turn with me to Exodus chapter 1? Exodus chapter 1. We're going to go way back. Way back. God has it all under control. You need to understand that it doesn't matter what's going on in the economy. God still got it. Doesn't matter what's happening this morning on a political level. God still has it. Doesn't matter who's in the White House. God still has it. Doesn't matter what, uh, what they're going to do with Social Security. It, it doesn't matter what they're going to do with your retirement. It doesn't matter what they're going to do with health care or anything else. God still has it under control. How many knows that it's not the government that's your answer? It's not the president. It's not anybody else. As a child of God, your destiny, look at your neighbor and say, your destiny is secure. Tell them one more time. Your destiny is secure. Amen. God is your source. God is the source. And heaven never has in the past, it never has in the present, nor will it ever have in the future a shortage. Amen. Boy, there's sometimes I get out my checkbook and there's a shortage there. There's sometimes I pull up my billfold to pay for something and my little allowance that Karen gives me is gone. And there's a shortage in my billfold. But how many knows that with God there is no shortage? Amen. There is no shortage. Look with me, if you will, in Exodus chapter 1. Look down at verse number 13. Verse number 13. The Bible says, So the Egyptians made the children of Israel serve with rigor. They made their lives bitter with hard bondage, in mortar, in brick, and all manner of service in the field. All their service in which they made them serve was with vigor. In other words, it was hard. Then the king of Egypt spoke to the Hebrew midwives, of whom the name of the one was Shifra, and the name of the other was Pua. And he said, when, do, when you do the duties of a midwife for the Hebrew women and see them on their birth stools, if it is a son, then you shall kill him. But if it is a daughter, then she shall live. But the midwives feared God. Hallelujah. And did not do as the king of Egypt commanded, but saved the male children alive but saved the male children alive. Aren't you thankful that the midwives feared the Lord? As I told you earlier, we want to go way back here. We want to start with Moses. Moses, as we know, was the deliverer of God's people. In other words, he was destined to bring God's people out of the Egyptian bondage. From his birth, the enemy was set on his destruction. You're going to have to forgive me just a little bit this morning. I may, I may speed up or I may slow down, but I want us to get this point this morning that I really feel like God is wanting us to, to really get it in our spirit. There are some of you sitting here this morning that from your birth, the enemy has tried to take you out. From your very existence, the enemy has tried to come against you in every facet of life, but you're still here. Hallelujah. Somehow, in some way, God has preserved you. 
Somehow, in some way, out of all the traumatic stuff that has been going on in your life and all the the underhanded stuff, so to speak, that the enemy's been shifting your way, God has preserved you for such a time as this. And old brother Moses, from the very beginning, from the very beginning, and I don't have time to go back and understand his story, and, and you already know that, but, but the enemy's been trying to take him out. He's been, to, he's been trying to, to destroy this guy by the name of Moses, that which the enemy has marked for destruction. Can I tell you that God marked for life, that that the enemy has even marked in your life for destruction. I'm going to take you out, but God has other things in store. I remember there's three or four times in my life that the enemy tried to take me out but thanks be to God that I'm still standing here today thanks be to God that he saw something else within me somewhere along the line I could have been electrocuted I could have been killed I could have got in a car accident but somehow and some way God has restored my life why? because he has it under control hallelujah amen Moses, as you know, grew up in Pharaoh's house. He had the best of everything in the land. And this is what I like about it. The enemy paid the bill. You ever thought about that? He had the best of everything. And the enemy paid the bill. God has it under control. When you look in Exodus chapter 13 and go on down in those latter chapters in verse 17, the Bible says, And it come to pass when Pharaoh had let the people go that God led them not through the way of the land of the Philistines, although that was near. For God said, Lest preadventure the people repent when they see war and they return to Egypt. But God led the people about through the way of the wilderness of the Red Sea. And the children of Israel went up harnessed out of the land of Egypt. You understand, church, there are many times in life that that from a natural perspective that is easier to do things or it may be faster to do it this way or that way. But God has a better viewpoint than you and I today. Why? Because God has a higher purpose. Too many times, too many times our only initiative is to get through it. Somehow we just got to go through it. But can I tell you, when we go through things, God is wanting us to grow through those things Instead of just go to him and get through him. He wants us to grow. He wants us to learn. He wants us to mature in him. When you look down in verse number 1 and 3 in Exodus chapter 14, the Bible says, And the Lord spake to Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, that they turn and encamp before Pharaoh between Migdal and the sea, over against Bel Siphon, before it shall encamp by the sea. For Pharaoh will say that the children of Israel, they are entangled in the land and the wilderness has shut them in. In other words, Pharaoh's going to say they're not, they can't go anywhere. They can't turn to the right. They can't turn to the left. They can't go forward or they can't go back because I am here. Here they is, the children of Israel, the children of God. From all visible evidence, they're trapped. There's no way back. There's no way forward. They're in that place that nobody ever wants to be, right? You're backed into a corner somewhere. You can't get out of the corner. You're backed into a a corner somewhere and the thing you've got to worry about the thing we have to fight is simply agreeing with the enemy oh you know what I'm talking about when the enemy backs us up in the corner he begins to speak those things in our ear God's not listening to you anymore you're not doing what God wants you to do he's not going to come and rescue you and before long if we're not careful we begin to reason with the enemy and we begin to listen to the enemy and we say things like I wonder why God hasn't showed up 
up yet. I wonder why God hasn't got me out of this mess yet. I wonder why God has not given me a word or give me an answer. I'm telling you, church, don't allow yourself to reason with the enemy. He'll lie to you. He's the father of lies. He's been lying since the beginning. Don't allow the enemy to lie to you. But God wants you to line up your confession with his word. Fear says, fear says it's over. There's no way out. Bury me with the boots I've got on. Fear says I can't do it no more. Fear says I can't get out of this corner. Fear says I can't do it. But can I tell you, faith, faith begins to arise within us. That faith we've been talking about on Wednesday night. Faith begins to arise and says, I don't know what God is going to do. And I don't know how God's going to take care of it. But I know that God has it all under control. On the outside, you may not see what's going on. But on the inside, as the Apostle Paul said, it's being renewed day by day. My strength is being renewed. I may be decaying away. I may be wasting away. But on the inside, my spirit is stronger than it's ever been before. Hallelujah. Why? Because God has it under control. Man can't understand it. Your family may not understand it. But you've learned to trust in an almighty God. You've learned to put your faith in an almighty God. Amen. Look with me in verse number 4 in Exodus 14. The Bible says, I will harden Pharaoh's heart that he shall follow after them. And I will be honored upon Pharaoh and upon all his host, that the Egyptians may know that I am the Lord. And they did so. Verse 13, the Bible says, And Moses said to the people, Fear ye not, but stand still. Boy, there's a whole message right there. Don't be afraid, just stand. Don't back up, just stand still. And see the salvation of the Lord. See, there's so many times in my life I wanted to run. How about you? There's so many times in my life I felt like getting out of Dodge. There's so many times in my life where I didn't want the enemy to, to bring what he's bringing my way. And I wanted to get out of the way so, so he could bypass me. But God says, fear not. Look at your neighbor and say, fear not. Fear not. Stand still. And see the salvation of the Lord, which he will show you today. For the Egyptians whom you have seen today, you shall see them again no more forever. Hallelujah. Give the Lord praise for that forever word. Amen. You shall see them no more forever. Forever. I don't know what kind of God you serve, but the God that I serve when he takes away the enemy in my path, I'll see him no more forever. He may come again in another way or in another light, but that particular enemy that he's tempting me with or he's, or he's working havoc in my family, when I defeat that enemy and I get over that part, I will see that enemy no more. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. You say, you've got to understand there's the enemy in your life. Every one of us has it. There's the enemy in your life, a battle that's been going on. It seems like you've got it under control sometimes, but then you turn around and there it is again, right? You pray and you pray and you felt like you've got the victory, but, but just when you start to make some progress, it seems like there it is again. There it is again. God said, the Egyptians whom you've seen today, you shall see them again no more forever 
You've done everything that you know to do. You've exhausted yourself. You're at the point of giving up. What's the use? It's hopeless. In other words, I can't do it. Can I tell you that you're finally, you're finally in a position for God to take over and do a miracle in your life today. For the Lord to do what you can never do. He's just been waiting for you and I to recognize our weakness. He's just been waiting for you and I to recognize that it's not by might, it's not by strength, but it's by His Spirit, says the Lord. He's just been waiting long enough to get me out of the way and say it's not my strength. It's not the things that I can do. It's everything about the Lord Jesus Christ and what he is going to do in my life if I'll just back up and stand still (laughs) and see the salvation of the Lord. Have you ever just, let me ask you a question, have you ever just stood back and watched God work and see him work? Isn't it amazing? You ever had that opportunity in your life where you just stood back and said, Lord, I didn't do any of that. And God says, I know. I had to get you out of the way so I could do what I needed to do in your life. Hear me, church. You're finally in that position. You'll never know his strength until you recognize your weakness. Well, that's tough right there. Because, you know, I... Brother Sam, there's some things I can't do myself. Let's just be honest with one another. There's some things I can do myself. And if I allow myself to do them, I can do them. God, God's given me ingenuity. He gives me common sense. He's given me those things. And I think when those moments come, God expects us to do those things. But when those moments come that I can't do anything about, and, I, and my hands are tied, so to speak, And I don't know what direction to go, Brother Reigns. I don't know what to do. I don't know the decision I need to make. I've got to learn to put my whole heart and my faith and my trust in an almighty God. Amen. I've got to put my faith and my trust in him. Amen. I've got to rely on the God Jehovah. I've got to rely on the one that's providing for me. I've got to rely on those that's able to take care of my need. And that's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. They can handle it. Amen. He has it all under control. The Lord told the Apostle Paul, he said, My grace, what, is sufficient for thee, and my strength is made perfect in your weakness. Boy, I like to hear that because there's times I I don't feel like I'm strong. There's times I don't feel like getting up the next day. There's times I don't feel like putting one foot in front of the other. There's times that in my mind the enemy wrestles with me, and the battleground is in my mind. And I've got to round my shoulders back and say, Father, let your strength come upon my life. I am weak today, but the word promises me my grace is sufficient for thee. My strength is made perfect in your weakness. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's made perfect. I like that word perfect in my weakness. He's got it all under control. You remember, several of you remember the story in the scriptures about the Lord saw the disciples out on the sea. One day they was fighting this violent storm. But if you notice in that scripture that the Bible says he waited until the fourth watch of the night to come to him. The fourth watch of the night. Now when my kids was growing up, and your kids was growing up, if they would fall and get a boo-boo, they would immediately expect mom and dad to be there, right? And you were there. 
You were there. They would immediately expect mom or dad to come to the rescue because you wanted to take care of them as a father, as a mother. But the Bible said Jesus didn't show up until the fourth watch of the night. You know why? You ever ask yourself, why? Why didn't you show up the first part of the night? Why didn't you show up in the second watch of the night? Why didn't you show up on the third watch of the night? You know why he waited? Because they didn't need him. Say, Pastor, what are you talking about? They were, they, were, they were fighting for life while they were still living. They hadn't yet drowned. They didn't need him yet. They still had enough strength. And as long as they had strength in their body, we can do this. We can roll our way to the bank. We can put up sail or let down sail. We can do whatever we've got to do in our own ingenuity, in our own strength. They didn't need him. More than likely, they had still had strength that they wouldn't have received him in the way that he came anyway if they felt the same way. God waited till the timing was right. Till the timing was right. Listen, church, God may be wanting to do something new and fresh in your life, but he can't get to he can't get he can't get it through to you until he gets you into the place until he gets you into the place where you can't do it anymore my strength is gone my strength is gone god is wanting to do something in your life that he's never done before i believe that with all of my heart I believe that God is wanting to do something in our life this morning that God, that he's never done before. And to do that, he has to bring us to the place that we've never been before. In Exodus 14, 21, the Bible says Moses stretched his hand. He stretched his hand out over the sea. Moses acted on faith and God began to move. God began to move when Moses began to act in faith. Notice it was Moses' hand. It was not God's hand that was outstretched. It was Moses' hand that was outstretched. And the Lord caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind, the Bible said, that blew all night long and made the sea dry land and the waters were divided. That's the God that you and I serve today. Oh, he may not show up exactly when we want him to. He may not give us the answer exactly the way we want it, but I can promise you, if you'll just hold on to him, if you'll just trust in him, if your faith will begin to grow and begin to get built bigger and bigger, God will show up exactly when he needs to. The lesson you and I need to learn is that God works the night shift. He never sleeps. He works in the day and he works in the night. Whenever you and I need him, he is there. Why? Because he's got everything under control. Hallelujah. The greatest miracle of your life may be one hour away. Think about that. The greatest miracle of your life. It always gets the darkest, they say. What? Right before the dawn. You ever notice that? I noticed another thing as, your, as, as a hunter. Well, Dad used to take, us, take me when I was a boy. You know, he, he, we, we, would, we would leave when it was still dark. I don't know why we'd done that. I guess because we thought the deer was sleeping and we'd beat them. I don't know. But we'd get up and we'd go in the dark and we'd get on that deer stand. It, and, it, and it truly, it gets darker right before the dawn. But in the wintertime, it gets colder right before daylight, Right? It gets cold. So, so you're lonely out there and you're dark out there and you're cold out there. 
But can I tell you, God may be just one hour away from giving you the miracle of your life. Hallelujah. When they closed their eyes that night, the children of Israel, there was a Red Sea in front of them. But in the morning, when they opened their eyes, there was an eight-lane highway that all they've got to do is pick up their stuff and just march across the Red Sea. I don't know what sea is in front of you this morning. I don't know what body of water or what mountain is in front of you. But close your eyes in faith and wake up to a new day with God and Jesus Christ and he will make a way hallelujah hallelujah he'll make the way verse 29 says the children of Israel walked upon dry land in the midst of the sea and the waters were a wall unto them on their right hand and on their left here's the here's the awesome thing through as they was going through the Red Sea they didn't get their feet they weren't muddy you ever tried to walk in mud that sticks to your feet the more you walk, the heavier it gets, especially around here with gumbo. You can't, you can't walk. You've got to stop every now and then and get that mud and that gumbo off your feet. Boy, that's a good analogy right there. That's how the enemy does you. He'll put so much stuff and heaviness upon you. You, you, you begin to walk, and you're walking good with God. But after a while, you get to walking, and, and you pretty soon, Lord, what's, what's this I'm dragging around? It's heavy. It begins to be heavy upon my feet. And, but they walked across on dry land. Not only can God bring you out, but he'll bring you out in such a way that you'll never look like you did before. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You'll never look like you what you've been through before. God has a way of bringing you out that changes everything. From the inside out, he'll change you. From the inside out, he'll, re, he'll reinvent you if he has to. God has a way of not making you look the way that you did, but he will and can bring you out. Hallelujah. How do you know that, Pastor? Go back in the Scriptures, the three Hebrew children, right? They, they, were, they were thrown into the fire. They came out. The Bible says they didn't have a, a smell or stench of smoke on them. A hair on their head wasn't burnt. It wasn't burnt. You've heard me tell stories about how I burnt my eyelashes and, 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 and mustache and hair with fire. You know, I, I threw gas on, on this brush pile one day. You've heard me tell that. And I wasn't, I, wasn't, I, wasn't, I wasn't thinking about the wind. I got my match and I threw it there and that wind was blowing my way and it knocked me down. But when I got up, this part of the, my head was gone. Talk about the hair. Not my head, my hair. My, eyelash, my eyebrows, my eyelashes was gone. I looked funny for a while. But the three Hebrew children, they went in there. And they came out. Didn't even smell of smoke. Hallelujah. Their hair was not even singed. I don't know what you may be facing today, but the Lord told me to tell you that he's got it all under control. And if you'll just quit worrying about it, if you'll quit fretting about it, start praising him, he's going to turn it around. And there's some enemies that you've been fighting that you're not going to have to fight anymore, nor will you see them anymore. Hallelujah. But our faith has to be built up. We have to arise in our faith. We have to step out on faith at times. I don't know what's out there, but I'm stepping out on God. I don't know what tomorrow holds, but I'm stepping out on God. I will be taken care of. God has it under control. Amen. Musicians, if you will, come. Exodus 14 and 30 says this. Thus the Lord saved Israel. Listen. That day out of the hand of the Egyptians. And Israel saw the Egyptians dead upon the seashore. 
Israel saw the Egyptians dead upon the seashore. I want to say that one more time. Israel saw the Egyptians dead upon the seashore. That's very important. Because the God that you and I are serving has a way of letting you and I know that the enemy is no more. The enemy is no more. The enemy is gone. The enemy has nothing else to do in my life because he's taken care of me. God has come on the scene, amen. He's taken care of me. Stand still, the Bible says, and see the salvation of the Lord. That's the word of the Lord today. God has it under control. I don't know who I may be talking to today, but some of you need to listen to me. God has it under control today. It's time to move over and let him fight the battle for you. It's time to get you out of the way. If you'll just stand right there, if you'll just lift up your voice and begin to praise and to shout unto the Lord, God Almighty, I believe is going to step in front of you and in front of your enemies, and he will fight the battle for you. Amen. Say, Pastor, what are you talking about? Come here, Brother Range. You're you good at this. Come here, Todd. Come here, Todd. Stand, stand right there. You're, you, you are my enemy. All right? You're my enemy. Now, now you don't like me, all right? You, you're going to come against me. I mean, you're coming against me, all right? Just not right now, but just wait. You're coming against me. But here's, here's the Lord. Here's God. He's on my side. Now, in the flesh, and, 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 and God, stop me from going after him, all right? In the flesh, I may want to get to him. You've got to stop me, God, from going to him. In the flesh, I may want to do whatever I can to get to him because he's done, he's done made me mad. Some of y'all ain't listening to me this morning. I guess y'all don't know the enemy I'm talking about because sometimes he stirs me up a little bit. Sometimes I, I get a little aggravated. I get, the other day, yes, uh, when was it? Friday. Friday. No, it was yesterday. I went up to this particular place. I'm not going to say where. I pulled into this, this, this parking space in a little, little gray car. There's this huge truck that come in, parked beside me, and left me this much room to get in my door. And I'm thinking, look at me, and look at that. That ain't going to work, and it ain't, it ain't going to happen. So I turned around, and Carrie said, where are you going? I said, I'm going to go tell this guy to move his truck so I can go. He said, no, don't do that. I'll just crawl over. I said, I ain't crawling over. She said, I'll crawl over. I said, well, why can't I go just tell him? Yeah. Yeah. I was trying to get to my enemy. Yeah. I couldn't get out. He was, he was over in my lane. I was going to get him. I didn't know who he was. I didn't know how big he was. I just couldn't get in that little space, Keith. I had to get in that car. Carrie said, I'll just crawl over. I said, fine, just crawl over. But I spewed about it for a little while. Just to be honest with you. Why did he park that way? He, he was not even in, my, in, my, in, in his lane. He was in mine. But sometimes the enemy will come in our life, and that's just a little thing. But the enemy will stir us up enough to where it should make us mad. Hello, somebody. We need to get aggravated with the enemy every now and then. We need to get fighting mad with the enemy every now and then. I don't know about you, but I'm tired of hearing people about not being, being healed and delivered. I'm tired about healed, having people not set free. I'm tired about people not getting delivered like we think and this, this end time is supposed to bring in the supernatural miracles and the blessings of God. Well, I, where is it, God? Why is it happening today? Is it because of me? And if it's because of me, then let me build my faith. But the enemy comes in, and I want to 
get to him. But my Bible says God is there and he is going to fight the battle for me. The enemy may come. He's going to fight the battle for me. Hallelujah. Somebody give him praise in the house today. That's what I'm talking about. I got to step back. I got to understand, Brother Roger, I can't do it sometimes. I can't. It's out of my hands. I've got to back up and I've got to understand as much as I can do. I can't do nothing about this. I don't have an answer. Paul and Silas were locked up in prison one day, shackled. They couldn't do anything about it. Backs beaten, bleeding, in shackles in the bottom part of the dungeon. Feet was in stocks. They couldn't go left. They couldn't go right. They couldn't go ahead or they couldn't go back. They were just there. Couldn't do anything. But they knew a secret. And that secret was that God has it all under control. Hallelujah. He's got it all under control. And they had another secret. Didn't matter to them if it was daytime or nighttime. Their God always worked. Didn't matter to them. And the Bible says along about midnight, they begin to sing. Now in the flesh, they didn't have nothing to sing about. <laughs> but they had a song in their heart. Karen, sometimes she fusses at me for humming, for singing. And I'll do it all the time. Sometimes I don't even realize I'm doing it. She'll finally, sometimes Brother Sam said, well, could you just hush for a minute? And I understand what she's meaning, you know, depending on what's going on. But, but there's a song there. Paul and Silas had the song in their heart. And along about midnight, they begin to sing praises unto God. The Bible says that God sent an earthquake. Shook them. Oh, somebody hear me, hear me this morning. It, it may be that God is going to send an earthquake or a shaking in your life for you to recognize who He is. For you can recognize who your Father is and who's going to take care of you. I don't know. But He sent an earthquake. And it shook the doors off their hinges. It unloosed their shackles from their hands and from their feet. You know the rest of the story. The Bible says the entire household of the Philippian jailer of that day was saved. No prisoner left. They were still there when he came. Why? Because God has it all under control. With all heads bowed and eyes closed, you may be here this morning. You say, Pastor... I'm broken today. I've reached the end of my rope. I can't make a decision in my life. I don't know the decision I'm supposed to make. It could be that your family's destroyed. Your family's fragmented. It could be that you've lost your job. It could be that you've lost your hope in Christ. 
And you're just floating along, so to speak. Numb. You don't have the passion that we've been talking about. You don't have the enthusiasm that we've been talking about. You're just sitting and being idle and going into a depression. And God says for me to tell you this morning that I still know where you are. I've got it all under control. And I want you just to trust me. To trust me. To trust me. Dad, I want you and Mom, if you will, I want you to come up here and stand right here if it's possible. If you need a chair, you can let me know. But I want you and Mom to come right here. Sister Sheena, I want you, I know Dwayne's not here with us, but I want you to come right here. Karen, I want you to come right over here. I'm going to join you in just a second. Now, there's nothing special about these people I've called. This is just what the Lord has laid on my heart. If you're here this morning, and you say, I've got, I've got, to, have, I've got to have direction for God, from God. I've got to get saved. I've got to rededicate my life. I've got to learn to trust in Him. I've got to learn to, for me to step back and see the salvation of the Lord. I've got to get me out of it. See, we're bad. I know, I know that's very simple, simplistic what I'm talking about. We're, we're, but we're so bad to get in front of God so many times instead of standing back and just watching Him work. But God says, let me tell you, stand back and watch me. Stand back and watch me work in your life. Then I want you to come this morning. We want to pray with you. If you have to go, I understand it. Be back tonight at 6 o'clock and we'll be preaching on passion. We've got the cake auction, all that stuff that'll take place. Prayer meeting at 5.30. Mom's prayer day, I think, is it May 5th, Sheena? May 5th, I think. Pick up a a sheet on the way back. But if you're here, forget about all that other stuff. Right now, God wants to touch you. Now, God wants to work with you. God wants to minister to you today. And I believe that God's going to do a deep work in your life today. Would you stand all over this house? And if you're here, I want you to come. Let's begin to pray as they begin to sing this morning. Hallelujah.